0: It's our death day. Hey, it's our death day. Guys, uh, have we have we done this before? Is it, is it our death day again? I think it's our death day again. Have we recorded this episode already? I think it's yeah. already... Did we oh, record it yesterday? Didn't we, uh... we recorded it on the 14th, didn't we? Yeah. Wait, what's today? Oh my god, mm-hmm. it's the 14th. Oh no! Oh fuck! <laughs> Hello and welcome to the pod people, the show where... Like us, you can relive the same horrible day over and over, over. again. I am an actual tree, Matisse Van Rossum. <laughs> and I am the time loop
1: Sheaths. And
0: I'm the baby man, <laughs> <laughs> Cleveland Mosher. It's not only our death day, but yours too. Happy one. To you.
1: To you. See, I almost went with... Uh... Sissy, but I didn't want to call myself a sissy, so... You
0: wouldn't. <laughs> Coward. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we're talking about Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to, to you. you. Mm, let's do the thing. The talking thing. <laughs> I didn't prepare a cold open, so we're just jumping into it.
1: Yeah, it yeah, yeah. Well, uh the first Happy Death Day... Came out in 2016, I believe.
0: Was it 2016 or 2017? I don't think it's that old. Was it a Tuesday? Oh, yeah, it was 2017. Yeah, 2017.
1: So, yeah, the first movie came out in 2017. Um, it was directed by uh, Christopher Landon, who also wrote it. And the premise is a girl goes through a day, and at the end of the day, she's killed, and suddenly she wakes up in the same bed she woke up in the last day and she realizes that hey uh i'm reliving the same day over and over again kind of groundhogs day style
0: it's groundhog day if it was a horror movie yeah essentially um i remember seeing the previews for this movie and i always thought "Eh, that looks fun maybe i'll go see it and i never did uh and now the second one just came out and we had an excuse to watch it and i'm glad we did
2: yeah, my experience was a little different. I, I saw the trailer for the first one and was pretty meh about it. Like, I didn't think it would be something I'd be interested in. I, I just wasn't feeling it. It looked a little too pop. It looked like it was outside of my demographic and not really my thing. And boy, was I wrong.
0: Yeah, I, I will say I I expected to enjoy the first one. I didn't expect to enjoy it for the reasons that I did. Yeah. Um, the, the trailer certainly made it look a lot more... Like a a pretty cut and dry slasher film with with a, a, a supernatural twist, and it's definitely more of a dark comedy uh, in in a way that the trailer did not quite reveal, and in a way that I actually really liked. Yeah,
1: you know, I think it's appropriate to call this movie delightful in a lot of ways, like certain we all were discussing earlier. Uh, yeah, I think this movie uh, with the the tone it takes makes it much less dreary than it could be. And I think it's a lot of fun overall with the slasher elements, you know? In the first one, we see her... The first, like, 15 minutes are just her going through the the first day she experiences. Through that, we glean a lot about who the character is, who the surrounding characters are around her. Because it's funny, it seems like the main character in the first one is so hateable at the beginning... That all the characters around her have justifiable reason to want to kill her. And then at the end of the day, you do see her get killed.
0: By a mysterious figure in a baby mask. I
1: really appreciate that they took their time for the first one, for the first 15 minutes to set everything up. Because I think they use a lot of good mileage out of that. Out of that whole first sequence throughout the movie. In really creative ways. You have so many different things happening.
2: Yeah, well, you get to see her go through those same occurrences in different moods, and that's pretty good comedy material. I mean, it's a classic callback, and... Yeah,
0: you know, she she takes a path from where she starts, where she wakes up point A and where she ends point B. It's the path between where she wakes up in her room where we see most of the same stuff repeat. But, you know, you've got all of these points that have to be hit along the way. And as she continues to die and come back to life everything keeps happening the same way, but her reaction and response to it is different every time. So, like you said, Cleve, that's very much primed for comedy, uh, especially when she starts to get more and more frustrated with it. Oh, yeah. Uh,
2: the moment she just sort of embraces it, too, and, like, she's just walking down the street completely naked and, like, right. just, like, you know, like, no. finger-snapping and pointing at everybody, like, doing, like, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man
0: like, hey! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that's a good comparison. I was thinking the same thing and yeah. <laughs> the, the Spider-Man Spider-Man Three, yeah. um, and I think this movie did it better. <laughs> yeah, I, well, it, it's a, also a much better movie than yeah. Spider-Man Three, but we're not even going to sure. go down that. But that I path. will,
2: I will say that there, I think there will be more Sam Raimi comparisons like down the road I'm, that I'm going to be making. I think that's sure. fair.
0: I was very surprised with the arc that our main character takes in this first movie. Um, who her name is is Tree. Which I guess is short for Teresa somehow somehow but Teresa yeah but (laughs) even in the credits her name is Tree T R E E like an actual tree Um, so okay sure but like like you said Ben at the beginning of Happy Death Day Tree is a pretty fucking unlikable person yeah yeah Uh, like she's easy for the viewer to hate and by the end i was genuinely turned around on her character like oh, yeah. I, by, I by the end i liked her a lot and and it's it's fun too cuz they're really well written like
2: love to hate moments like all the interactions with the sorority girls are are a stitch and the the premise is made clear fairly early on and so you're you're placed in this this really nice uh situation where you get to watch this character you hate get killed multiple times and that's great and that was really fun and I, too, was taken aback by her inevitably finding love in, like, all the wrong places, like, or by, like, becoming a better person by getting killed repeatedly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I like that, too, and I I think that's part of what makes the movie strong is because it is the, the exact same premise as Groundhog Day, you know, so this is something that has been done not just, like, once, but multiple times so this is not by any means a new premise so yeah, it's, it's i think, but, you it's know bringing it
1: into the horror genre is fairly new in a yes. lot of ways yes
2: like um this this film took from a lot of of different uh both films uh definitely referenced a lot of things and i think that they wear their influences well on their sleeve and openly reference them regularly uh and i, I appreciate that i think that's the way to do it for sure, like this film gets meta like really nicely, like the meta commentary, and, and
0: I and I think awesome. that the Groundhog Day comparison extends farther than just the the actual premise. And I'll, I'll get into this more with the second one, but Christopher Landon clearly. Has a great love and admiration for films of the eighties. Yes, because mm-hmm. these films play out very much like eighties films. They're they're structurally. You know, very similar I was actually going to pull
1: from a different inspiration. I think the this movie was kind of influenced by Scream and Scream Two in particular. Being set in college, yeah, you know, being okay. very teen oriented. Doesn't take itself all too seriously. It's yeah. kind of meta aware. Yeah, yeah. Um, Scream is definitely
0: is definitely you know, meta aware. I haven't um, seen Scream too, but yeah the the comparison to the first Scream mm, I think is is yeah. uh, a good one.
2: Yeah, I do I do remember that in in the first film they do. Uh, openly reference groundhog day like there is the moment where they're sitting at the around the cafeteria table and and the well no they that the boyfriend a, says hey uh did you ever see groundhog day and that was right at
1: the, at the end very of the end right before one. the credits yeah. oh yeah, that's yeah. Right, yeah yeah and i'm actually glad they saved that for the very end because that kind of made me groan just because it was so direct um, but the fact that it was put at the very end was like, okay, it's a nice capstone. I think it's, the, you know, I think it's a the, good way to you know make light of that. I
0: think that was the perfect place to put it because obviously the audience is already spending the entire movie making, making the comparison to Groundhog Day. And if they had said it like midway through the movie, it would, I think, have been cheap. Yeah, gro- groan-inducing. It would have made me roll my eyes. But the fact that like the the problem is resolved, everything's you know happy and and peachy at the end. And the film has already made it clear and then has gone it's on. Direction. And right and then right as the credits are about to roll, is like, hey, this is like that movie Groundhog oh, okay. Day, and she's like. What he's like? You've never seen Groundhog, Groundhog Day? Day, like as it's panning up in yeah. the yeah, I thought and that was you know great. and
2: you know too that they're they uh they got to gig a lot of that because there there had to have been plenty of people who were watching the film or couples watching the film and one person then they had that very it's like, interaction just
0: like Groundhog Day. Yeah. It's like,
2: what? You've never
0: seen Groundhog Day, <laughs> and then like for the movie to do it like i honestly I've never seen Groundhog Day. Same. I'm, I'm really well, I'm yeah. well aware of
1: the film and what movie. happens in it. Puxitani uh Paul Phil, Phil,
0: yeah, yeah, something like that um yeah i've I've never actually seen Groundhog day, but i'm I'm well aware of its uh position in the zeitgeist it's It's
1: worth watching. it's a good movie. I think this movie goes in its own interesting avenues, though I think the main strength of this movie is the acting. I think all the characters are really strong and well-developed characters. More than they
0: have any right to be for a movie like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And especially with the setup of Tree being so unlikable, there's a lot of red herrings that are set up with all the different characters. At one point, Tree makes a list of all the people she thinks could have killed her, and it's like every main secondary like, yeah, character in the movie all of
0: these people that we see her come into contact with and it's great because she is such a genuinely unlikable person that it would make sense that any of these people would want to kill her and i, I think it
1: strengthens the element of surprise in the movie because you don't necessarily expect who it actually is
0: i uh, know i would say they make it the last person you expect in that it's the, the character that you see her interact with maybe the least out of all of... out of, out of everybody? Well, and she's the one that has the least beef with, I guess you well, could Well, the, the least apparent motive yeah, yeah, to kill yeah. her. She has motive, but uh, not a motive that we are aware of until the end. And obviously, she's, she not, either. she's not even on, yeah. on Tree's list. Mm-hmm. So she obviously doesn't... Uh, Recognize that motive either because yeah, she's I, selfish too. Right. Like it works
2: for her character, which is nice.
0: I think I think you're right though that the acting is is surprisingly good. What's the main Especially, actress's name? Yeah. Jessica Roth. Yeah, she knocks yeah. it out. She's, she's so part. good. Yeah, she's right. really. Good. I I feel bad because I I initially like in the trailers and at the beginning of the movie just kind of wrote her off as like sorority girl actress. Well, and also like, cause, also because she looks so much like Blake Lively, who I've seen in a lot of things and I've never seen this chick before. So I just sort of wrote her off as a Blake Lively knockoff, but I think she's mm-hmm. actually a much better actress than Blake Lively. Oh, yeah. yeah she's- she <laughs> kicks
2: ass. And that's primarily, I would, I would say, why I felt like the films were outside of my demographic. I was like, ah, eh, it's like a college-y kind of movie. It's just not my thing. And yeah, it couldn't have been more wrong. It's it's, it's just commentary on how shitty like college culture is.
0: I, I think I would put it in the same camp as like, uh, cabin in the woods. I don't think it's as, I don't think it's as good of a film as cabin in the woods by a long shot. And, you know, in the same, in the same category as scream as well, where they're extremely meta-referential, they're extremely self-aware and they're about sort of deconstructing a lot of tropes of, the horror genre, but not on the surface level. You know, they come across as very stupid, vapid, shut-your-brain-off entertainment. And they're not like I said. I I do think Happy Death Day is is a step below Cabin in the Woods or Scream. Only but, just. Uh, I think the
2: the sequel like really helped elevate it too. Yes, anyway. yes. And like we'll, I I'd, I'd watch those films as soon
1: as I watched Cabin in the Woods. We'll, I love both we'll get of them. In, yeah. We'll get
0: into that. But uh, the, the sequel I think took it farther for I me think, as well. Yeah, I think
1: the writing in both of them kind of reminded me of Lord and Miller, guys who wrote Twenty One Jump Street. Yeah. and... Lego movie and stuff like that, because it was so tongue-in-cheek and so uh, back-to-back-to-back. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. you almost get whiplash from it sometimes. But I think that's one of its strongest points. I think the reason, you know, the characters have such a good arc in the movie is because the dialogue is so quick.
2: Yeah. You know? um, uh, Rick and Morty vibes for me like pretty strong like with the the wacky science fiction stuff and like they keep stacking like sci-fi tropes on top of each other well that
0: really Uh, that really comes in the second we shouldn't talk too much about that true true because in the in the first one one of the things that I appreciated at the end of the first one is that though she does eventually end up breaking the loop by solving her own murder the reason that the loop is initiated is never explained or even addressed I was okay with that in the first one.
1: I actually really appreciate that, because honestly, my opinion is the closer you look into these kind of time loop movies and into the internal logic of them, the more they kind of fall apart. Oh, right. Well, I mean, that's exactly
2: what, like, Doctor Who says. It's all wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey, and we all laugh. It's because, oh, yeah, don't don't look too close. It doesn't make any actual sense.
0: (laughs) Correct. And for the most part, I agree with it, and for a less self-aware uh, tongue-in-cheek franchise I would not want to know and and the first one stands alone, you know i oh, was yeah. I was perfectly content with them never addressing the the reason for the time loop, just that she has to end it by figuring out who is killing her and killing them first, yeah, I was and to right back, that.
2: you said it pretty well, like you don't really know if it's science or if it's
0: magic, and it is fully explained in the second one. it is basically the 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 entire premise of the second one but i i think the first one stands on its own well enough because you've got the the mystery of trying to figure out who she has pissed off enough to want to kill her
1: yeah and the thing i really like about it too is it makes the movie less about the loop itself and more about the character trying to find that out correct you know the and films I,
0: have very different goals in yeah. the story they're trying to tell
1: And I think that works really well in the first one here.
0: I really like in in the first one as well uh, how once she realizes that every time she dies she's just going to start the same day over and she loses the fear of death that we get a really fun montage of of her, like, crossing all of these possible suspects off her list, list and just doing kookier and kookier stuff. Uh, both of these films utilize montage extremely well. well. And montage is, and that's one of those things where it really makes me think of, like, 80s yeah. movies, you know, the especially, like, 80s teen-centric movies where you've got these like kooky montages set to whatever pop music is you know uh most popular at at that time and sometimes that can be really obnoxious but i think that this movie does montage really well yeah like it's
2: great picks for music they're shot well um they're they're fun and snappy again they're self-aware of it um, you get a sense that the like she herself is, is pretty much aware that she's in like a kooky montage, like the way she's kind of creeping around corners and stuff, like it's, right,
0: like peeking in windows. Yeah,
2: and, and it, it's it, you can't help but laugh with them. Um, and the the jokes that they set up during the montages too are some of the strongest in in both films. Yeah, uh, like like the the, the ex boyfriend, like be like you know, finding out that he's gay and, and whatnot, and like the oh, of course, you know, like, those bits are all so tropey. and that brings me to a point. I wanted to bring up too, which is in the first one, there are a lot of like Hallmark, especially almost like Disney Channel moments. And I didn't mind them. And I had to ask myself why. I'd <laughs> <and stop laughs> be like, right. I'm so jaded to these things. Like, why was I good for it in this movie? And I think it's just, it's the self aware factor.
0: Yeah, I think so. I, I caught myself doing the same thing. And once again, I'll talk about this more when when we get into the second one because it was the same but I'm I'm so generally turned off by sentimentality in most movies just because it's always so heavy-handed and and feels manipulative and it always just makes me roll my eyes yet in in this movie i i did the same thing i was like oh wait wait a second like it's making me have the feels why why am i actually having the feels it's like oh because the tone of the movie sets itself up to not be manipulative or to rather i guess draw attention to the fact that it's being manipulative well,
2: it's yeah um it's a much more popular um mechanic now with sh- with things like um Like Guardians of the Galaxy, for instance, like there's a lot of shows now um, that that exercise tongue in cheek and they set you up to think you're watching a a film that is commentary and that's going to be cynical. And so when it does have those very real moments, it always comes out of left field because you're you're ready to to laugh at a concept, not to be like not to embrace one. So when you do come across it, it always catches you off guard. And I think it's a very effective tool.
1: Yeah, and I think a lot of the the strength lies in the arc of Tree going from being so unlikable to being such a likable character by the end. Right. The development of that as a likable character makes it feel more sincere and less heavy-handed in a lot of
0: ways. Right. She's not set up as the character that you're supposed to like and sympathize with, but through her journey and her development, you do start to to do so and the reason I, I really I,
2: I love that and I feel like it works so well is because it's through it's still through her eyes we we see her come to terms with how much she doesn't like who she is and like we see her actively choose to change it as opposed to just the events tell her you you do get a sense of recognition on her part um, well, it's
1: that sense of reflection that she starts getting as she goes through the same day over and over
0: again you know right exactly and that when she she starts to look at how many people would potentially have motive for wanting to kill her and it's sort of like a oh shit am i really like this bad of a person yeah, it's like, sort of self do like do like, <laughs> these am i this hateable could i really see this many people wanting to kill me <laughs> and that that self reflection is is really really nice uh, and I don't even I don't even mind the the development of the romance between her and and the the love interest character. Yeah, it's cute. That, it's that fine. stuff would normally piss me off as well, but it also feels natural because, like, she wakes up in his dorm room every day and just from having to start the same day over and over again dealing with him that she starts to fall in love with yeah. him because like even when she's that, at her
2: worst like he's just he's being, always he's just his...
0: like a nice guy uh-huh. and that when she actually like decides to tell him what's happening like he's actually on board to believe her instead mm-hmm. of just being like oh this crazy, get this crazy bitch out of my room you know yeah that that actually bring
2: brings us something that uh another thing that both the films do well uh and that's there is a lot of self-awareness to script aspects that can often be really frustrating or annoying or repetitive this film gets what is too much and what's obnoxious and tends to to cut before before it gets to that degree like you get a you get a vibe like like a realism vibe that maybe they've had that conversation a couple of times before but this is her finally getting that conversation right you know it's sort of because of like the montage sequences it's well alluded to that she's probably died even more times than we get to see and that she has like a good deal of power in these scenarios with that like And I think that's really fun that, that she, she has, like, these repeat opportunities to have these conversations. We just see the ones where she pulls it off. Right.
1: Or, yeah, the interesting parts of it. Yeah. You know, they don't over show their hand. One interesting thing I want to talk about a little bit with the relationship part of it with Carter— I did see a hot take online. This is a mini hot take corner, I guess you could say. Taking into context that this movie was written by a middle-aged man, they saw Carter as kind of a conduit for the writer. And this girl falling in love with him as they go along in time felt a little more weird when you look at it in that perspective. I don't know if I agree with it, uh, but man, I can see where they're coming I from a little bit.
0: Yeah, I I think that that's kind of... And Jesus Christ, I can't believe that I'm the one who's about to say this. But I feel like that's kind of a fucking cynical way to look at the way movies are written. It definitely isn't something to discount completely, but like every story is written by somebody, you know? And you can't just assume that every character in the film is the right self insert. And I think, I think it's, 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 it's it either,
1: it, yeah. it dodges a lot of that problem just because how well it's performed and uh, you know edited more than anything. And, and
0: considering and considering the fact that. She's the only one who remembers every time the day is reset. It's not like Carter is ever taking advantage of her or her situation. And like being rewarded for that, unlike something in like Ready Player One, which I know you both have seen, but I have not. But like where the prize for winning at the end is you get the the guy gets the cute girl, you know, as yeah. like like that's his trophy is he is he gets uh, the love interest. Yeah, she chooses him. Um, And yeah, uh, also like
2: he has almost no agency in the narrative. He has none. Like, yeah. yeah. So if there yeah. was going to be a character, honestly, for the writer to insert themselves into, they did it in a fairly safe character because
1: he has yeah. no control over I mean, the situation. Carter also has no problems unlike any other character in the movie. I don't know. Hey, hey, I I saw that hot take and I wanted to dish it out just because I think it's I, good fodder for conversation.
0: Yeah, I, I disagree with that one. I, I I think that's an overly cynical. I way do to see look
1: where they're it. coming from
2: though. I think sure. it's I think it's healthy to look for those sorts of things. I'm definitely not discounting like the practice of looking for self-inserts in writing and like the sleazy aspects of like older male writers like writing those perspectives i think that those things can be well, dangerous and i think and sure whatever but i don't think this is a case i think they, i don't think this you
1: is can the case look at you know the comparison between this and something like slender where teenagers are just written like complete garbage right you know? yeah
0: no that's a like, very good point
1: like this movie was handled so much better i did see in the imd Trivia that originally this movie was originally going to come out around 2007, and yeah. it was going to star Megan Fox. Oh, and no? be produced by Michael Bay. Oh no! <sighs> you know it's funny
2: because That's rough. I can see like the production aspects are kind of similar. Like, and I mean that like uh, more from a lot of behind the curtain kind of ways. Like the funding of this film was there's a lot of product placement in it, and uh, again, it has a, that saccharin kind of.
0: What yeah, do you, what yeah, what do you, product? What, oh, there's what a, product a car did product ever placement. Try to sell,
2: um, like with the in the sequel, for instance, when the guy's getting out of his car, like it's it's made very clear that it's a it's the a, Kia Soul. Yeah, exactly. So but, you remember the brand?
0: Yeah, like, no, that. But also, that's the second one, and not yeah. the one we're talking about. And that was the that's the only instance I can think of. Yeah. No,
2: in the first one, there's the car alarm going off. Um,
0: what the, kind? Of, what kind of car was that? It's
1: a Nissan. Uh, it's an Altman?
0: I did not notice that at all. Yeah, I didn't
1: notice that either. But I think the the point that that hot take was making, you can see the potential for that to be a problem if it was a Michael sure. Bay oh, produced yeah. oh, movie. Well, oh, God, awful. That's you like, know, like, all absolutely. of that is in the script. I think the execution of the script makes it less
0: problematic one thing that i did notice that i didn't realize is uh christopher landon's other films that he has written uh and a couple of which he's directed oh man it's not great uh he I don't know if you guys saw it Eugene and I watched this movie called viral that was really bad a couple of years ago no. Dude wrote and directed paranormal activity four or paranormal excuse me paranormal activity five the marked ones which oh, is trash <laughs> oh, also God. wrote paranormal activity four which is trash uh wrote paranormal activity three which is my favorite of the bunch. Uh, wrote the screenplay for paranormal activity 2 and also wrote disturbia uh, mm. so i I i'm oh, extremely confused he hit
2: his stride
0: i guess i guess so. figure it out you know
2: you gotta you know sometimes
0: you know it will i mean it's weird too because like i think paranormal activity 3 is the best out of all of them and he oh. also wrote the worst one it's inevitable <laughs> that we're ones. gonna have a paranormal activity episode i that. dread it
1: but it'll happen have to. we'll get around You <laughs> don't have to have um, that <laughs>
0: I can absolutely, in my mind's eye, see this movie as starring Megan Fox and having and produced by Michael Bay. I can picture this really bad movie in my head, and it's so close to being this movie, and the fact that this movie. Didn't turn out to be a disgusting, cynical piece of shit is uh, kind of a miracle. Well, and I think all all you have to do is
1: look at the misogyny of Megan Fox in the Transformers movie yes. to realize what that movie would be would have
0: been like. Yeah, you know,
1: the alternate version of it this, would have the been a the ultimate, <laughs> uh, the alternate timeline, yeah. so to say, of this. But I think that's why this stuff works so well is the the strength of Jessica Roth, the strength of the other performances, the editing yeah the the change of direction
0: there there were a few moments in this where they they did some legitimately very cool editing things that I would not have expected from a movie like this like during the I guess it's a, at the end of her montage, montage where she's being killed over and over again and she gets like hit in the head with like a baseball bat or yep. something and like it in slow motion like follows her head down and it like transitions into her head hitting the pillow where she wakes up the next I day I thought that was oh, great that was oh, fucking yeah. dope. because you
2: see like like yeah in the background like the it shift from the nighttime forest to the, the back wall of the room yeah
0: no, like, the, it, did, it did... They did sh- that
2: twice. It did. Like, she gets hit in the head, and there's the one where she's falling. That was in the second she, one. Oh, is it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I get my <laughs> uh, Non-stop. Sorry,
0: yeah. Well, I think it's because, in a lot of ways, the second one feels very much like a continuation of the first one. Uh, I mean, on that note, do we want to go ahead and rate this one and move into the second one, or do y'all have more points that you want to bring up oh, specifically no, about this one? No, I think that's one? pretty much it. I think we
1: hit all the main points. Yeah. I mean, at the I, end,
0: it, it turns out her roommate, was the one who was trying to kill her because Tree was banging their professor and her roommate was jealous, jealous. about it. So, yep. uh, and then Tree kicked her out a window, uh, which was pretty rad, and right. she squished and died. Yep. Um, and then, uh, they just let Tree go. Yeah, seemed like she didn't yeah, no, no <laughs> right. consequences uh, to that. Self-defense,
2: mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, another quick thing, um, I think we already talked about, like, how much we liked the scoring. Uh, Bear McCreary kicked ass. Yeah, I was it. very yeah. pleasantly um,
0: surprised by the score on this first uh, one. one. One
2: thing I particularly liked was, the, whenever the killer appeared, like, his little um, beat in the music was, like, the the like oh, a like a distorted baby, baby sound. laugh. I liked it. It wasn't over the top. Like you, you almost can't tell what it is at first, and that yeah, it was, I, love, I, I found it to be effective. I
0: love that the ki- that the killer wears a baby mask because this college is called uh, Bayfield University, and they're the Bayfield Babies. Babies. Yeah, <laughs> which is like the funniest, <laughs> you know, it's, stupidest it's mask. Such It's weird. It's fun, it's fun too
2: because it means like the killer just like grabbed whatever was around. It like instead of like applauded like, "Ooh, I'm the scary baby man." It's like Yet no the, just, that, there was a baby mask yet in, at so he the same it. time
0: there's the there's the obvious symbolism of birthdays you know, birthdays and being reborn and right. living the same day over again and starting babies are a symbol baby. of life so it's ironic right. that he kills her yeah yeah uh no, um, I, I love that yeah what do you think of the mask
1: design for the baby, I thought it was it, great. I thought it was I th- great. I love it. I thought
0: it was. It was.
1: Uh, it's appropriately creepy while not being like believable. Too your face. Like, yep, some creepy, mascots are you know? fucking creepy. I think looking. I saw that it it was designed by the same dude who did the scream mask for the original movie. Which,
0: Simplicity. Yeah, it makes finest. a lot of sense. Yeah, you know, no, I, I can totally, cool. I can totally get down with that. Yeah, I agree. It's like it's one of those things where it's not over the top, but it's in context appropriately creepy. Like you see the the other students walking around with them on for like the basketball game or whatever. In and the second like, one. Yeah. yeah, but I mean at the in the first one too, like when she's going to the party the first time yeah, she yeah, sees yeah, yeah, yeah. a group of people that are wearing the baby masks. And it's like then it just looks stupid because, you know, it's like a dumb college pride, you know, sports mascot. But then when you put it on somebody who is also a knife wielding maniac, it gets a new creepy context. Yeah. Uh, so that's something I liked a lot. Um, yeah, let's go ahead and rate this one. Um, I guess I'll start. Yeah, when the, when the credits rolled, uh, my first thought is that film was a delight. Like I said, I can't put it in the same level of, of meta-referential uh, commentary on the genre as something like Cabin in the Woods or Scream, uh, but it's definitely in the same, in the same genre. I thought the performances were good, the score was good, there was some fun editing stuff. A lot of the horror stuff was, you know, your pretty generic slasher tropes, so it wasn't too terribly inspired. But overall, I thought it was a really solid film. A uh, strong three and a half out of five for me.
1: Yeah, I think uh, this movie worked really well. I think it was just a really cleanly executed concept. You know, we've seen Groundhog's Day before. It's been done before, but uh, they brought something to the table, putting it into the horror genre without it feeling dreary or anything else. And that's mostly due to a really great script, really great acting, pretty solid score. I think more than anything, the mystery element of this movie helped it escape some of the tropes of the genre, um, which I, th- I thought was to its benefit in a lot of ways. Um, I, ha- I did have a couple minor problems. Um, I'd probably give it a four out of five. Um, it was a really solid watch.
2: Honestly, like like what do I have to, to pick apart with this film? A- any questions I had Like we're, were open for the sequel, and we'll get into that in a second um, and how was were resolved really like the only critique i had was her name was tree and that's a little weird um and and that's not even a fucking critique like yeah no like four out of five like maybe you know what fuck it 4.5 out of five it's a great fucking movie
0: all right well that'll uh, give us an average of four out of five pods for happy death day uh and before we move on uh i think it's time for a word from our sponsor this week Oh, is it in the middle of the episode? Oh, Dan, you've, you've heard podcasts but, before, but I
2: but I didn't have time to prepare, you know, because I usually do prepare for these. Well, I here's sure do. here's the
0: copy from this. Oh, week's thanks concert. for handing just, me the invisible thing. Just, just going to give me something just, to go off just of. Read oh, great! From it,
2: yeah, awesome. Uh, yep, it it sure is. This episode is is brought to you by uh uh it's it's brought to you. By the 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 good the good people at Handsome Handsome Man Incorporated. You 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 want to you want to be a handsome man? <laughs> then, then then go ahead and 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 buy some of those Handsome Man products. I really hope that's not actually a company. <laughs> <laughs>
1: what, do what do they sell? What uh, do they sell?
2: They um, sell products that make you a handsome man. Uh, you want to you want to have a handsome man skin? Buy that handsome man ointment. You want to you want to uh, Im- impress the the ladies with that dapper haircut? You you buy handsome man man hair cream for the handsomest man. You you name it, they they got it, buddy. It's have you have you ever been to the the handsome man warehouse? They got it all there.
0: They sure do. I actually have been to the handsome man warehouse. I went inside. And they stripped me down and lathered me up and... As uh, is customary. And, you know, once they rinsed me off, gosh darn it, I was more handsome than I've ever been in my life. Mm -hmm. But the only problem is... It only lasts for a limited time, so you gotta keep buying those handsome man products. Well, I... and and guess what? <laughs>
1: After you go once, you just get the itch. You get the itch to go back. I am and... very itchy. Right
2: now. <laughs> well, I think. Oh, well, here at the end of the copy, it says we have to uh, sing the. We have to collectively sing the handsome man song, apparently. So, you guys, you guys ready? Yeah. A one, a two, and a one, two, three. <laughs> handsome, man, handsome man, handsome man, he's a handsome man.
0: wanna be a handsome man. A handsome man. He is so handsome. <laughs> <up> make <laughs> me a handsome In man. And laugh to the Handsome man. <laughs> All right and now we're back back to the show you guys um, we're uh yeah so we just got back from seeing Happy Death Day to You Uh, that just came out yesterday at the time of this recording. And boy, (laughs) did we have a time seeing this fucking movie. Oh my god, God. we do have to get into this, don't we? Uh, I I feel like we have to preface (laughs) just our our story of going to see this movie. (laughs) So we drove all the way to the movie theater, and we get about 15 minutes into the film, and... Well, first off, during the trailers, there was this really loud like clanking sound. I and mean, we were like, hallway. that's
1: weird, yeah right, you know, and, and then, then thought
0: nothing of it, and then about fifteen minutes into the movie, somebody outside the theater was uh drilling something into the wall, and it was just absolutely. And not just like <laughs> once, drowning out the. Not field. just <laughs> once;
1: it was continuous. <laughs>
0: it just, it just, <laughs> like I thought, it was like, oh, they're fixing something real quick, you know, it's gonna stop, and then it was going on for like ten well, fucking right, minutes. Because I thought,
2: I thought it was like, okay, they must be like replacing the trash can in the in the the hallway, and they just thought it'd be quick, and then they stripped the screw, and it was being really loud, and so no one's like doing anything, and the it's just going on. So I get up and I run down to the, the hallway, <laughs> and it's empty and I realized the sound is coming from like the the room to the side and they must be just drilling into the fucking wall right and and so I'm like what the fuck is this so I I go to the front desk and the management guys are just like uh, I was just like hey someone's drilling something like we can't hear the movie and they're just like oh yeah we're doing renovation I'm not sure if there's anything we could do about that I'm like well we can't hear the film they're like oh well, cool I guess I'll talk to the manager about it and well, I'm like all right fuck this so <laughs> I go back to you guys in the seats. Well,
1: it was really funny because, like, 30 seconds after you had left, uh, it was just silent for the longest time. And then we just hear the longest drill yet. It went on for, like, a solid 30, 40 seconds. And I was just
0: like, oh, well,
2: cash Mon, Cash money. Like, the complaint got to them and they were just like, fuck them and just, Wait, like, drill extra
0: long. Who the fuck... Does renovation at a movie theater during, during open hours? hours. Like, like, it's fucking like when we're recording this, it is Valentine's yeah. Day. And let's like, be real, too. Like,
2: there are probably only, um, like because I saw the signs, there was only like two or three other movies showing, and they have like 10 fucking theater rooms.
0: Right. Like, and they like, put us
2: right next
1: to the, the renovations. Yeah.
0: Right. I mean, come on. They only show movies in the theater between like noon and like. Maybe the late shows end just after midnight. That gives you a 12 hour window in which you can do construction and not bother anybody. Yeah. yet you decide to do it at two o'clock on a Thursday afternoon. Yeah so while there are people in the theater next to where you are doing your construction. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. so we, we just got a refund, and we went to get Mexican which, food and margaritas. Yeah, which I
2: generally hate, because I used to work in a movie theater, and there's nothing Y'all worse than, than yeah. someone, uh, like, coming up and asking for a refund, like, during or after the movie. Like, especially, like, for me, it's it's generally the worst, like, when it's, like, after the movie, it's like, it's well, you like fucking you, you stayed. Sat through, you sat yeah, through the yeah, movie, my, yeah. But for my, us, it was just like, Jesus Christ, I mean, we couldn't hear the film. My we
0: rule of thumb
1: it, is, yeah. you have until the halfway point. If you go over halfway, it's like eating more than half of a burger and then trying to return it, you know, like is there's no problem getting a refund for a movie if there's if you hate it immediately, you know, or if they're doing construction right right. outside, you know, those
0: things it's like we we could genuinely not hear the dialogue because of this fucking power yeah. drill. Like, it was insane. Normally, I'm not a I'm not a type of guy who, like, wants to get refunds or anything. Yes, but am. it's like, we have to talk about this movie on our goddamn podcast. Like, we gotta, yeah. we have to actually be able to understand
2: like, what's I happening. I can't fucking focus, like, right. all that's going on. That's crazy. Yeah,
0: so we uh, went and got Mexican food and a pitcher of margaritas and then went to another showing at a different theater. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it was like... <laughs> reliving the same thing over and over again because we had to sit through most of the same previews because we showed up late and then sit through the first yeah. the same first 20 Honestly, minutes I think, of the movie. I think
2: that's the thing I'm the most bitter about is that I had to watch the La Llorona tra- trailer twice today.
0: I, no, you didn't uh, because no. you walked in, saw that the La Llorona trailer was going and said, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Oh, and yeah, right. And yeah, yeah, you <laughs> dodged that. I forgot about that. Yeah, the margaritas hit me, yeah. Uh, Yeah, so um, Happy Death Day to You picks up pretty much right where the first one ends off, or rather uh, a a periphery character in the first one is uh, waking up and caught in a similar death loop.
1: Well, yeah, it's interesting because one thing we forgot to mention is with the first one playing off the premise with the uh, universal card, they played the universal card like three times in a row. Um, You know, kind of getting that idea of looping over and over again. And in this one, it's essentially split in three, and you see three versions of it.
0: That are just, like, slightly offbeat from one another. Yeah.
1: And then they combine together.
0: Yeah, so even before the movie starts, it gives you the idea that maybe this one's about parallel dimensions. Which it is! Uh, it starts with the the roommate of Carter, the the love interest character from the last one. We only see him in the first one. Uh, every time she wakes up, right as she's leaving, he walks in asking if Carter got that fine <laughs> vagina. Um, <laughs> so it starts with him, you know, waking up in his car because Carter made him sleep in his mm-hmm. car while he which had smells like hot pockets and feet, feet which they have <laughs> to keep reiterating. But it is a nice car. It is a Kia soul, yeah mm-hmm. that was that was that was probably a little bit of product placement mm-hmm. um then so we follow him and we see that he is working on uh, with some of his friends uh some sort of mysterious science project to uh, prove that you can slow down time at a molecular level is that what they're doing i somewhere? don't remember what it, it's it was initial yeah was. It, like it's a it's a it's a big science sphere that yeah. does and we're something. bombarding
2: particles with lasers and it does things. it does and,
1: time
0: and, things. And, and we
2: use the word algorithm
0: a lot
1: yeah convoluted mess just to get the plot going yep <laughs> which
0: is fine yeah, I, for this for this movie, I I didn't have a problem with it. There's a lot of that I, I th- which I think they acknowledge is intentionally oh, fully. Uh, convoluted uh, time nonsense. Yeah. They
2: have characters like remark on it, like even like when like the science guy like simplifies it for her, she she's still like this is still bullshit. <laughs> like
1: the movie, I think starts off really strong with Carter's buddy uh, going through his day. We kind of get the same setup as the first movie, right. except very much abridged. And then uh, he gets killed and wakes up, realizes what happened, and
0: immediately he knows something's up. Um, yeah, and he and on his second loop, walks in and sits down and be like, man, it's like I'm having deja vu. And then Tree is like, wait a second, what are up. you talking about? <laughs> yeah.
2: I, I really liked that. I, I really appreciated how they condensed that that sequence like all right cool you know we're assuming you've seen the first one Let's just sit you down and like let's roll through this. We're not going to rehash. Oh yeah, reboot. she does
0: a literal recap where we get a bunch of little flash cut yeah, and it lasts maybe from the first one maybe
2: a minute and, with voiceover and, yeah. and even then like she inter- she interjects like some some fresh joke material into it. Like so it was really nice, really condensed. Um uh and even like his loop which which we see uh is condensed compared to hers. Like she she goes down the whole like the what would you call that the, the, the quad. college the quad yeah she yeah. goes down the quad and there's a number of events that take place throughout her day whereas his is just around a street corner you know he rounds a bend and there's like five things that happen bing 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 done and over and we move on Yeah, and again loved that like really appreciated it this film this film condensed it I've seen a bunch of movies especially lately like with the podcast like Films that use sequels is like an opportunity to pad out their runtime, and this film does not do that at all.
0: Yeah, well, we we talked about in our in our Shyamalan episode uh, a few weeks ago God, yeah. that uh, in a lot of ways, uh, Glass felt like an extended epilogue of both Split and yeah, uh, Unbreakable
2: sequences from both movies, and
0: I. I would say that after seeing Happy Death Day to You in a lot of ways makes the first one seem like a prologue to the second one. I don't know if
1: I agree. And the reason why is I think this movie in the first 20 minutes sets itself itself up to do an interesting reappropriation and kind of new take on that with uh, Carter's friend and... Uh, You know, early on, they uh, try to escape him getting killed by going to a basketball game. He gets hunted down there. He almost gets killed, and they end up killing the killer. and Not killing him, but they knock him out and realize it's Carter's friend. Yeah. And I thought, you know, having that conceptually was a really cool avenue to go down. You know, you start the time loop, time paradox type of thing. Um and I thought having two of them was a really cool idea. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like they kinda abandoned that for I, for the same thing as the last well, one. Well, exactly. Well like that's
2: which is what I think Tisa's point was. Um like and I I kind of appreciated that. I, I, I liked that the, the camera like centered back to tree again. Yeah,
0: no, I because the, the idea is that the, the focus. The machine or whatever that they've created uh has you know sort of created a time paradox you know sci-fi stuff and so ryan has to kill himself in order to stop the the dimensions from like doing something happening yeah and that was
1: really convoluted i
0: all 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 time travel multi-dimensional stuff like that is convoluted.
1: yeah but they it's... emphasize it more in this movie than they did i happy I... death day
0: just in order to get Tree into the alternate dimension. Mm. Yeah, but, but
1: I, I, I would have much rather see more with Ryan than see just Tree go about the same oh, thing with it being uh, recontextualized in my, a different way. Yeah, I, my I, favorite I, I moments were that. Like,
2: like uh, that actually brings me to my next bit about, like, my next um Raimi comparison. Like, she goes full Bruce Campbell in this movie, and I, oh, it was great.
0: Yeah, like, I know. Like, I th- her reaction,
2: just like, all right, fuck it, and, like, goes outside, and it's just like, like, her reactions to those sequences, like, we get another take on that, and it's so different from the others, and it was one I kind of wanted to see, and, like, her really take, like, now that we've seen her become this, like, badass character because of what she's been, we get to see her kind of like, exercise her muscle a little bit. And I
0: think, and I think recontextualizing it also allows for further development of her character, which we got in the first one. And I don't have a problem with them continuing to focus on her. Like she's when they turn the machine on again, she's knocked into an alternate dimension that is almost the same, except she's not, dating carter her roommate is not trying to kill her and most importantly her mother is still alive because that was a big deal in the first one is that she and her mother have the same birthday so her birthday is hard for her because her mother has been dead for three years and it's all about you know her coming to terms with her mother's death and they say that early on in the in the second one where she's like knowing that it was just a science experiment that caused the loop is like it's ironic because I thought I, you know, ended the loop because I it was about me coming to terms with my mom's death, mm-hmm. and Carter's like, well, does that really change anything? Like, does that change that the fact that you've grown as a person, you know? And and yeah. I think that I think that to put then. You know, where she's sort of at peace with who she's become and then to put her in this alternate universe where where
1: she has to come to terms with her mother's death again.
0: Well, she has to choose between having something new and moving forward with Carter or living in the past and having her mom. So I think it's quite different. And I think that it it recontextualizes her character in a way that allows for more growth. Like the, the Ryan character is a fun, you know, goofy character to laugh with, you know, in, at the beginning for the setup, but I don't think I would have wanted to spend the whole movie with that character. No,
2: he's, he's fairly dopey. Like he's, he isn't that in control where I mean, she knows everything to do. Like and- he's, he was a mechanism to, to knock, tree into the other in fairness
1: we start with a really unlikable character at the beginning of the first one and i think the reason it works is because there's an arc
0: no but he's he's not an unlikable character but i don't think he's
1: but there's room for growth in that character and they kind of just abandon it you know i feel like it's a weird way
0: it's not about him
1: well yeah and i i think that's one of its shortcomings in starting the movie as it does You know, because I think the the first 20, 30 minutes are much stronger than the rest of the movie, in my opinion. I don't feel like that. I think, uh, because essentially the first movie is about her coming to terms with her mother's death in a a lot of ways. By doing that more directly, with more sentimentality, made it feel a little more hokey for me. Because it's more about that than anything else in the movie, you know? In the first one, the, it was there, but it didn't shove it in your face like we were talking about before. Yeah, yeah,
0: but when you're when you're dealing with the same premise of the time loop and it being restarted when you die and having to relive the same day, I think having the the stuff with her mom being alive in the other dimension and having to decide whether she wants to stay in this dimension or go back to the one where she's with Carter... I I think it it ma- raises the stakes it ra- and with, it raises the there stakes. There is no and... other like
2: in any other context the stakes wouldn't have been raised like, it's the like game wouldn't already... have really been changed. Like at this yeah. point, death is fairly insignificant. It's the loop that's significant. So we have to make we have to bring value to the loop. And also, when it comes to the sentimentality, like I was hit even more in the sequel by that. In the first one, it was like oh, why am I not mad at this? You know, it's it's kind of cute and it gets me a little bit. But in the second one, I was like, oh, shit, I really feel something here. And even though in some cases there's even more saccharine and uh, largely that's because at this point, Tree is so well-established. These these moments are more meaningful with her. Now that we've, we've gotten to see her arc, we are given opportunities to relate with her.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think I, I would have been less enthusiastic about this movie if it was once again... Just about figuring out a way to stop the loop. But, but I think stopping, it's a lot like I Ash think in, I in, think from
2: Evil Dead to Army of Darkness. Like like by the end of of Army of Darkness, like you you, you get who he I is think in a way to this movie is
1: more about that than the first one though, because the first one is about you know. Finding who killed her to to end the loop. And this one is all about ending the loop so she can either stay or go back. Well, then ending the loop. That's so direct in this one. ending
0: Ending the loop is the mechanism, but the question that actually has stakes is which dimension she chooses to stay in. And, like, figuring out how to end the loop and send her back is the mechanism that gives her the time to figure out the answer to that question because she does have to keep doing the same thing over and over again and experiencing things in different ways that give her a different perspective on the events. And I think that that is more what the movie is about, is about her journey from wanting to stay with her mom to deciding to embrace the future because she did come to terms with her mother's death in the last film, and her being able to recognize that and choosing uh, an uncertain but potentially hopeful future—that's the arc throughout. I I liked that mm-hmm. a, a lot rather than just rehashing the first movie.
2: Yeah, I felt it to be fairly poignant. Like there are a couple of moments like where those those points were, were brought to home and I, I found it to be fairly powerful. Like for instance, like when she's talking with her parents and her mom brings up, Oh, hey, let's go to that um that bakery or whatever and she's like, what bakery? And she's like, Oh, we went there last year and she and you see that that register on her face and again she's a great actress, so you really feel it with her, like, oh shit, you know, that's that's not that she's me. living this isn't who I'm meant to be. She's
0: living somebody else's life. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's
2: powerful. Like it. I, I agree. It, it I hit agree. Me really nicely. Yeah. I, didn't... I
0: feel like I've just seen that so
1: many times before. You know, sticking with the past or moving forward in movies so much that.
0: I mean, maybe, it, but you know, it's the same with. Seeing the the idea of of being stuck in a time loop, you know, like it might be something that's tried and true, but it, in in its presentation and execution, it's, it's successful. Yeah, like there are plenty songs least, about falling in love, but they're good songs. Yeah, well, you know, no, right? I, I agree. I agree with you, Cleveland. Like, yeah, maybe that's something. Maybe it's something we've seen before, but it it's still resonated with me in a way that made me enjoy it you know like i didn't feel like oh i've seen this before and and that's a combination of i think the acting being so good and the characters being so well developed that i'm actually invested in what's yeah. happening to like them.
2: i mean shit I'm a, I'm a concept artist like originality is extremely important to me but i i don't i don't value it like wholly above everything else i think i think that uh, execution is is equally important you know and, and in this case like I think that 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 premise was well well executed.
1: Yeah, I I just kind of wish they went crazier with the time loop type of stuff. With that stuff, you have a chance to really go balls to the walls and bonkers with it, especially with the comedic tone they were trying to set in a lot of it. On one hand, go full-on comedic with it, and on the other hand, go on full-on sentimental with it. Kind of clashed. For I don't me. think so. I think that yeah, like I, it works in Shakespeare so
2: just fine. You know, Romeo and Juliet has very funny moments. You know, like like the stuff with Mercutio is is hilarious. You know, but it and inherently ends in tragedy. Like it's done. Like I, I think that you can have both in a film and it be successful.
1: I think it's and it just to I I I think it just misses some potential for that. How how does it go balls to the wall? In your she opinion, she
2: rams her car into the power plant. There's a massive explosion. You get all those great cuts of her like committing suicide, like jumping out of a a uh, jumping out of the airplane and like landing in front of the couple. there's well, the blood explosion. Yes, like,
1: that's not quite playing in with time in the same way I'm talking about though, um, because we're talking about time paradoxes multiple dimensions and stuff like that, you have so much opportunity to just go wild with that stuff that they really restrain themselves in their scope to essentially what's the original movie just recontextualized that I feel like you're missing some potential.
0: Well, what I I guess... What I'll ask is, what would you have wanted to see then? Like, get like, sure. Like, well, what, uh, like, like, give me well, an example. Okay, so, so think I think where
1: is. the first one is very much a meta movie about ho- the horror genre. This movie is not that at all. It's very sentimental. It's very sincere. I felt like this movie um, had more
2: meta moments in it than the first one.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Like,
2: it's it has a ton of self commentary in it. I mean, it even starts with like the Back to the Future or about midway into the film, like that same moment where they bring up Groundhog Day at the, um, that same moment in time, anyway, um, when they bring up Groundhog Day in the first movie, they bring up Back to the Future, which it was funny to me because I was even thinking in my head during that scene, I was like, man, this like, really reminds me of like a, a Steve a, like a Spielberg film. And Back to the Future 2 is where like there's a, there's a, a, a genre shift, you know, between the films. Like they, they go in that different direction.
0: And I, I think that, there's a lot of very self-aware stuff in, especially in the second half with the killer and there being two of them and how it's sort of like secondary to the main plot because like the killer is not coming after her, but she feels a responsibility to still try to stop the killer because it's affecting other people rather than her. And then to have it be intentionally, convoluted over and over again at the final confrontation (laughs) where the second killer turns out to be the professor who she was having an affair with in the last movie but is now having an affair with her roommate... Who's originally
2: trying to kill her. Who's originally trying to kill her. And then the wife shows
0: up. And then the professor's... Yeah, the professor's wife shows up. And then she
2: just acts like fucking Palpatine, which is great, because throughout both of the films, like, everyone... Like, all the commentary focused around her characters. she's so nice, why would anyone do anything to her?
0: And she's the worst of all. And then... (laughs) And then the professor's just like... I want a divorce and, and shoots, shoots her. <laughs> and it's just, like, in the span of, like, five minutes, it just continues It just reinforces, to, uh, I
2: gotta get out of this world. This world is fucking dumb. It continues to
0: get more and more cartoonishly convoluted in a way that's obviously extremely intentional. I would even say balls to the walls.
1: Like, I, was, like, I was just wishing there was more of that, though. I Like, I think it went balls to the wall there, and, you know, we get that Carter has a girlfriend in the other sorority girl uh like the 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 mother queen
0: one and that pulls us universe, to some she's funny a completely scenes. different character yeah right? yeah and but, this, yeah the stuff where she's pretending to be the blind friend and I, I, oh my and, God. I, and I, a, I thought the the that was stuff insane. was awesome yeah, you but you i just wish yourself. i wish like, there was the
1: more of that well i think I think they don't go far enough with that concept you know because while there is a couple moments of that it doesn't feel like that different of a world. I don't you know? know.
0: It feels it feels like a logical escalation of the first movie. And considering the the post credit scene we got that is setting up the the third movie, With which DARPA. you said is already in production, yeah. right? Yeah. With fucking DARPA showing up and seizing the machine, and then having to bring them to the lab because we don't know how to work it, and we figured you guys might be able to help us out. Like, it's so fucking corny and 80s. Yeah, right? the men like, like the men in black show
2: up. Like, right, like exactly. Jesus.
0: No, I, I think that's extremely self-aware, and I think it's setting it up for a further escalation yeah. of the craziness into <laughs> Whatever the third yeah, one is going to be, not unlike the
1: Back to the Future trilogy,
0: like yeah,
1: like, that's true. Yeah, well, I mean, in fairness, in my opinion, the second one is the weakest of the Back to the Future trilogy. Is that the it, West or the future one? The future one. The future, one's the future my one. My favorite. I know, I, I think the the oh. problem I have with it is it essentially just acts as a bridge between the oh, first and over the third the movie. One,
2: though? Like, the commentary in the future one is so good. That's a whole other conversation. Yeah, But
1: but I think a good example of what I was hoping for with this movie is since I think the first one is so well-contained, they needed to escalate it in a different way. I was, you know, thinking of movies like 22 Jump Street, for example, which is uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, like I was talking about before. But they take that same concept and turn it to 11 in a lot of ways, just go absurdist and very over the top with it. Yeah. And I think that that's the reason it works for me, where this movie doesn't quite go far enough in that respect to really hit all of its marks. I still think the acting is as great as it was in the first. I think the writing in terms of dialogue is still snappy and really solid,
0: I think this one is f- – I think I laughed more in this one than yeah, I did in the first one. It's really Granted, granted the, the first one was m- much more focused on writing the line between horror and comedy, whereas I think this one is much more so just straight comedy. Yeah, well, it
2: well dropped horror the, and went the, sci-fi. Yeah,
0: the – yeah, it is very sci-fi. Like, there's still the the killer aspect, but it's it's in the periphery, yeah. uh, which I was okay with. But yeah, yeah if, it, the perif-
2: if the killer bit, like when she goes the alternate dimension, had still been on like the front line and it had been that twist, it, I think it would have been frustrating. But because the the killer was like a totally secondary aspect of the mechanism at that point, right? Like, her her that was dying, the way to do it. Yeah. her
0: dying over and over in this one was her continuing to kill herself because she had to memorize all of the algorithms and tell them the next day when they didn't remember which ones didn't work. <laughs> so she just had to keep killing herself, so uh, I, no, I thought that stuff was really fun.
2: Yeah, it was really great too, like, how in the span of, like, two regular days she's gone from being this like horrible sorority asshole to being like a good person who like has a deep understanding of quantum theory
0: (laughs) 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 in two real world days yeah that that is pretty funny i yeah i i didn't have a problem i loved it yeah, yeah i i actually really liked the the second one the the more the more i talk about it and the more i think about it the more i think i prefer it to the first one, mm. uh just like the first one i I left the theater thinking that was delightful. It I was delightful. I, had, I will I give good, it that I you know good time Both
1: of the movies are very much delightful um, I do have you know more issues with the second one just because I feel like it was some missed potential um but I think for what it was, it was pretty okay, you know, it was pretty solid. I really like the principal character that they introduced in this oh, one. Yeah. I
0: think that was another thing the- that reminded me of eighties films so much, like something like Ferris Bueller's oh, Day yeah. Off, where you have the the uh, villainous teacher character who's like trying to foil the teenagers' plans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was great. Yeah, he
1: was great. Um, the whole scene where. Uh, the the other sorority girl comes in acting like a blind French girl. That yeah. was
0: fucking... Yeah, hilarious. because
2: Probably my because favorite this alternate universe, she's an actor, and... and she's I, a she's a
0: more decent person. She's not as scuzzy, scummy yeah. as she is. Which she
2: is. She's just scuzzy in a different way. Right. And it's, oh, great stuff.
1: Here's a question for you. Speaking of that character, at one point near the end of the movie, they you know, introduce that she's cheating on oh, Carter. I did think that was
0: weird. Oh yeah. I the, the,
1: I didn't like that. I, I I didn't hate it. I thought that was fine. I just thought
2: it was did did Tree never mention it to Carter? No, that's what I thought was weird. That's also
1: what I was I thought like, was why weird. didn't
0: why didn't she tell him? I will say too, he's still in that dimension. W- it kind of
1: undermines the choice between Carter or his, that
0: is that is something that yeah, I definitely agree on because in especially like right as she's about to go back, like as they're kissing in the hospital in slow motion, like right as they're activating the machine, oh, it's like so too. it's like it's like oh <laughs> so, so at this <laughs> so at this point in this universe too, Carter has chosen her so in theory in theory she could stay in this universe and have both yeah exactly exactly it totally
1: undermines the whole theme we were talking
0: about in this
2: movie i don't think it does i think i think it's cool because what ended up happening like her little hero's journey is she visited this alternate dimension and she left a positive change on it like when the the proper her like re-enters that universe like she's made that person's life a little bit better like, yeah, like that okay, no, I, I can
0: I can see that. Like, I was... wish, it I would have been nice
2: to have seen it, but, like, that's, I think that, that that's, that's what's established there. Like, uh, yeah, like I, Carter has figured out, that. and he's also, he's figured out, like, that, oh, maybe she's a better person than this, not just because of, like, an external circumstance, like, him getting cheated on, and being like, oh, she's a bad person, therefore I should be with this person. He realizes he should potentially be with her because because of her goodness. I think that that worked. But I
1: I, I think I think I think the other sorority girl is portrayed as a good character until we see that she's cheated. Absolutely not. I do
2: I, not think that way at all. I think during that lunch sequence like I think uh, she's
0: she's equally she's equally vapid but yeah. just in just in a different way. She's vapid and dumb, but she's not
1: evil in the same way she was in the first one. Yeah. She's
0: not. She's not. It's, it's definitely not likable. She's to not like, cruel, but yeah, I don't think yeah. she. She's still not particularly likable. She. Yeah, like
2: her her whole monologue about like donating and like for those like children's associations, but like not wanting to hug them for too long because they're grubby. Like it's it's not those aren't hallmarks of good being a good people. The, the whole like wasn't it getting, wasn't it worded, so worded as to she. Be,
1: the kids were hugging for too long but you get used to it is what she said yeah
2: because like and she you know it's it's worth the 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 hardship of having to hug children it, like it and gives... and like and before that like also mentioning like She's she's trying really hard for this acting role and it's clearly all about her like cuz she hasn't done any research on the the source material. Well,
1: I think I think it's just a weird thing to do especially when you end on such a cruel ending for that character in the main timeline where you know after in the post-credit scene we see them go to DARPA and put her in a time loop forever
0: because they need a test subject. Yeah. yeah,
1: and like I think that's the reason they set up them cheating in an altered alternate dimension, but still it feels kind of unjustified like she's i don't know i mean, she's... just the
2: premise of the first movie feel unjustified like did you feel bad when she was a vapid like sorority person because it's the same premise like as her it's just a different person
1: but well, they're both well, vapid
2: sorority girls the, the, the difference
1: beginning. is there's a choice in putting someone in that position versus someone being a victim of that circumstance
2: well no, you no, know no, they say test subject like we don't know if it's willing yet or not like we don't we don't see that conversation we might in the third movie But I don't know that she's unwilling like we that that's not that's not made clear.
1: I mean, she doesn't know that she's getting into a time loop by the way she responds in the very end when she screams in her bed. Like it's very clear that she wasn't a
0: knowing participant in this.
2: Potentially. I mean, we don't know what she's screaming from. We don't know what the other, like, outlying circumstances yeah, are. Yeah,
0: I, I don't think we can speculate too much on on that. But I, I do think that while she's not as, like, openly cruel as she is in the original timeline, I still don't think she's portrayed as a particularly good person it's more like she does these things so she can get the the praise from it that it's really more about I mean, she, her in the first movie
2: like she stomps on people around her too like there's like the sorority meeting scene and like she like reduces that other girl to tears like she's a bad person <laughs> so,
1: yeah like, but i mean <laughs> i i think the ending scene just made me question that a little bit in terms of Yes, she's bad, but does she deserve to be unknowingly well stuck in a time Tree, loop? Tree, put in a time loop.
0: Tree didn't know why she was put in the time loop either, and through the time loop, she stopped being a shallow bitchy sorority girl and became yeah. a good like, person. I think that's what it. like the
2: the, so, the little nod is between all of them. It's like, hey, who could like really use some character building? Guess what? You know, and then, right? Well, like maybe scene. they put
0: her in the in the same loop and get a similar result. I don't know. We'll we'll have to wait and see when the third uh, one. Yeah, comes inevitably, inevitably.
2: The, the time loop is inherently like it's a it's a it's a cycle out of death. Like it's about as safe as it could be in that regard. Like I think, yeah, like it's it's definitely a nod towards like, oh yeah, like she could use some character building. I went through this.
1: That's one thing I wanted to talk about a little bit. You talk about the cycle of death not being, you know, that harmful. The least harmful it could be, but they do mention in both movies the more times you die, the weaker you get.
2: I think, and that think was that is totally unclear in broken.
1: both movies. Yeah, it
2: is. It, well, especially in the first because one. they
1: don't act weaker really. Besides the one time they collapse no, in both she, movies, right. she, acts,
2: she acts weaker when it's convenient for the plot for her to act weaker. It's one of you know, the the loosest parts. Yeah, of the film. I agree. I, do agree I, I didn't, that. I didn't
0: like that very much in either film. Yeah, it
2: doesn't bother me just because like it. I think the assumption is, like, that is broken when the the loop is ended.
0: It's not harmful in the sense that there are no lasting consequences to your actions because you just restart the day. But, I mean, if you never escape the loop like that, it is literally hell. You know, you're, you're, like, literally caught in eternity and not being able to change anything and never growing and never changing your relationships with people and never able to finally die. So I think it is, it is harmless in the sense that as long as you can escape it, you can, yeah, built you can grow as a person and as a character but obviously yeah, like, like exploring any dungeon like nobody like any nobody nobody wants to be caught in the time loop both movies are about ending the time loop yeah. you know so it's i i think it's uh it's it was like that force ticking clock it's in a this good movie. it's a good character building exercise <laughs> um y'all want to rate yeah
1: Yeah, I don't have much more to say about this
0: Okay, uh, yeah, I I liked this movie a lot. Uh, Surprisingly, the sentimentality stuff didn't bother me. It made sense as development for Tree's character. And, uh, I walked out of that theater thinking, I should give my mom a call. Um, and, uh, I thought it was, I thought it was really fun. I thought it was delightful. I laughed a lot. Uh, overall, a, a much, much better movie than I was expecting, um... I think when we, and I guess we'll get into this in a few minutes, but I think when we made our predictions for these movies, I was pretty cynical about it. Uh, I'm going to give it a four out of five. I, I liked this movie quite a bit. Yeah, well, I wasn't quite as keen
1: on it as both of you guys. I enjoyed a lot of it. I, I mean, a lot of the strongest elements of the first one carried over to this one, whether it was the acting or the writing, the music. Or even some of the editing choices, you know, you get some similar edits where she like falls and it transitions the scene in a yeah. really cool way. I thought all of that stuff was really cool. I just feel like they kind of missed out on some, some potential to take it drastically in a new direction in something that feels a little more fresh um, than this one did. I was kind of underwhelmed by that. The sentimentality kind of fell flat for me as well. Like I said in the first one, the more you inspect time loop uh, stories, the more gaps in logic there are. And since they delved into that a little bit further in this movie, some of those problems were a little more apparent for me. So I'm going to give this a 3 out of 5. I still think it's worth checking out. Um, but I would definitely recommend seeing the first one first.
2: Yeah, um, I loved it. I, I, think, I think that this, this film approached like uh, sci-fi uh, with the same sort of tongue-in-cheek uh, level of commentary that it approached uh, horror in the first one. Um, I, I loved it. I, I loved uh, how cleanly it was built into the first one. I definitely got a vibe that the scripts were written at the same time, which is a rarity and a luxury. The acting was hilarious, the one-liners were great, I was, I was giggling throughout this entire movie, um, and was even hit by the sentimental moments unexpectedly. I'm going to give this film the same rating I gave the first one, 4.5.
0: That will give Happy Death Day to You a slightly lower average uh, than the first one, uh, 3.9 out of 5 pods. Um, or, excuse me, 3.8. Uh, yeah, I, I, I liked it. I, I, it. I think, I think it's that's uh, a
1: very appropriate rating. I, I think, think it's, it's uh, solid.
0: if, if you're looking for something fun to go see in the theater, either with your friends or, with your your boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever, uh, it's it's a good one to get some laughs out of. And while I agree, I think you'll appreciate the second one more if you see the first one. I don't think you have to because the first one does a nice abbreviated recap. Yeah. So you're you'll not, get more out of it though. Like you'll you'll get you'll get more her out reactions of it. to it, like seeing her grow as a character. You'll get more, more out of it, but you won't be lost going into. the Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not having seen they the
1: make it one. very yeah. welcoming to new viewers.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay, so now that we've done that, let's uh, check our results.
1: Yeah, so this is the third movie we predicted in our 2019 preview. Uh, if you haven't listened to that one, check it out. Uh, we put it down near the beginning of the year. Obviously, this movie just came out, so we don't have the full weekend box office. Yeah, um, we'll update yet. on that. We'll, we'll next have week. that next week. But we have a preliminary. Rotten tomato score again this might change before next week as well as more reviews come in uh Matisse, you predicted a Rotten tomato score of 48 jesus christ um
2: before you say any of my predictions i do remember our conversation the other day i'm just saying like i already have immediate regrets about them and i uh god if i could just go back in that time loop and just kill my previous self or whatever like that would be <laughs> hey but great. then you'll
1: make yeah. us so get I'm, saying, into I'm very a time aware loop. of how
2: dumb my predictions are that's Hey, you're in the lead. You're still winning. I yeah, know. I know. I just—it's an embarrassing estimate to make. Honestly.
1: Uh, you guessed fifty, so you're closer technically. And my oh, tomato score is fine. It's the budgeting one that I'm really. And concerned with. I guessed uh sixty-five, and it turns out right now, uh, this movie is sitting at a sixty-six.
0: Oh shit! So I'm almost straight what on off. the money.
1: Yeah, nice. we'll see. How it ends up by next week,
0: but so far it
1: looks like I might be tied with you, Cleve.
0: All right, it's time to enter the hot Hot take take zone. zone.
2: You find yourself in a strange room, an academic circle. Every point you bring up is followed with a counterpoint. All you can see is disagreement. Nothing makes sense here.
1: You have entered the hot take zone all right so my hot take of the week um this is an interesting one i think uh the last one spurred a lot of conversation so i'm excited to see if this one spurs as much i think this one we may be more in agreement on but i think in general it's a bit of a hot take okay the zombie genre is one of the most overrated genres of horror is way overdone and uh most of the movies in the zombie genre are bad.
2: Now is this your belief or is this just a hot take that is hot? This is my belief. It is your belief? Yeah. Okay. Uh
0: yeah, I agree with that. Um I <laughs> I don't know if it's if there are more bad zombie movies than there are bad vampire movies. Thank or you. Like I was that. about but to I, fucking but I will say, um, but I will one hundred percent agree that zombies are overplayed as shit, and I am so tired. Of and them. I think I think
1: the biggest thing in that is the percentage of bad vampire movies might be higher, but the output. Of bad what, zombie movies what I will is say, higher. Though, is There's that, too
2: many of them. What I will say is that the – and I think this is one of the reasons why – one of the big reasons why zombies are so over overbaked too is they're incredibly safe compared to vampires. Think about the the bad zombie movies you've seen. And then think about the bad vampire movies you've seen, and think about the cringe factor. Right, bad vampire movies are really fucking cringy, right? Yeah, bad and, and, and in a way that zombie, just, zombie movies can't be. Bad just zombie just movies lukewarm. are just boring. Yeah, yeah. and like I, I think that's part of the problem is like when it's even when zombie movies are bad, they're inoffensive, and that's I mean that's a dream for a marketing team, right? And and that that helps your your pro- that can help yeah. your project be greenlit. And when it's that popular in the zeitgeist, it's fairly cheap, it's fairly easy to make, especially over vampire stuff. Um, vampire stuff tends to feature more stunts, more also more writing, you know, because it's not just action oriented generally.
0: Um, vampires here... usually have to be sexy, yeah, not always, yeah, but... yeah.
1: Well, here's the second yeah, part of that more, hot take, and the thing I want to elaborate on with this a little bit is, I think vampires are so humanoid that they make a good depersonalized enemy for good guys to take down without looking evil for murdering things, you know? like Sure, they're an other, like, yeah, 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 yeah. in the same
2: way that zombies are, yeah.
1: Well I was talking about zombies.
0: You said oh, I did? You okay, did yeah, I, I
1: meant v- zombies. Don't you gaslight me now. Uh, yeah, I meant zombies <laughs> yeah, sure. uh, because, you know, that's an easy way to just make that marketable as an action trope without getting into moral issues at all
0: Yeah and I think yeah. I think uh going back to vampires is that because vampires either Began as people Or are so similar to people And that they are still aware And conscious There opens up a lot more Ground for that That question on morality Like how many vampire movies Have you seen Where the vampires Are actually the good guys And that the vampire hunters Are the bad guys Yeah and you know, I think I think the, I think
1: the gap there Is the humanization you know? Right exactly Whereas the zombies, intelligence
0: Zombies are Are a symbol of Mindless consumerism all they do is walk and eat, and yeah. they're they're completely devoid of anything yeah. that. And that and makes, it's funny because even in the
2: even in the Omega Man or the original I Am Legend, the the zombies in it are much more akin to vampires. Yes, right. they 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 have dialogue. Um, yeah, I agree. I think it's it's tricky for me. I mean, yes, like zombies very much so exist as an other you can feel comfortable like killing in your fantasy. It's an excuse to engage in mass slaughter, like from a morally freeing perspective. And yeah, there's not that that you can take what you want from it. In some but...
1: ways, there's not a lot of depth into moral questions with zombies. Uh, it's more about the human interaction yeah. in a world with zombies You're more than anything moral, else. Yeah. Whereas with vampires, you do have more of those questions. Yeah. You know? It's a more nuanced. I think thing. also, in a way, while the Dawn of the Dead trilogy, of the Dead trilogy, is some of the greatest, you know, examples of zombie movies, I think they kind of also ruin the genre. In a lot of ways, because every zombie movie after that falls into the same zombie tropes pretty much. The only difference is whether they're slow or fast. I wouldn't, zombies. I wouldn't blame a good work for its shitty imitation. No,
0: I I agree with that. I, I don't think that the the dead trilogy is to blame for that. It's more of The shitty copies uh, are to blame Yeah. For them, lack yeah. of lack of imagination in in advancing or developing on the ideas that the dead trilogy establishes the the dead trilogy is like the gold standard for zombies like that is the 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 best yeah yeah, yeah i agree of it of it done right and you have so many cheap imitations where people are really lazy about it. It's like, oh, yeah, I like Dawn of the Dead, but make a zombie movie.
1: Yeah, well, and I think that's the double-edged sword of having such a gold standard. I think while it is a legitimately great movie and a great series, I think it has cemented in filmmakers' idea that to make a zombie movie, you have to make a Romero movie.
0: Um, yeah, okay. You know?
1: To a degree. Yeah. And in a lot of ways... That isn't necessarily true. I mean, some of my favorite zombie movies outside of that are completely different, you know, in terms of how zombies are made, you know, what it takes to kill them. I think of, like, Return of the Living Dead, for example, where they're, like, hive mind flesh beasts almost, but still very much zombies – and they're semi-intelligent and stuff. You know, you don't see many different takes of zombies in the zombie genre.
2: Yeah, for it's all pretty much the same. Yeah, I mean, the biggest key differences are whether they move fast or slow, really. And yeah. that's true. I um, I know it's I know it's not a film, but I do I do want to bring up. Uh, if You say
1: The Walking Dead? No,
2: okay. It's um, <laughs> funny. It would seem like I was. <laughs> no, uh, the last uh, The Last of Us. Actually, um, I did want to bring up that I think like, that that is. Their approach to zombies is, is fairly original with the clickers and like the fungal growths. Like, they being
0: plant based, yeah, yeah, like
2: they, they have an, a really nice um aesthetic to them that is that did feel very original to me, um, and terrifying too. And also, as a narrative went like that, does not leave you want for for writing, yeah. Uh, it's it's one of my favorite written games, but you know, I've...
0: it's the The Last of Us and 28 also... Days Later,
2: like. You know. But
0: the the thing is, is that uh, which we sort of touched on already. That The Last of Us also does is that zombies, like zombie stories, are not so much about the zombies themselves. It's how humanity and society devolves in the wake of the zombies. Yeah. In The Last of they're Us, they're a setting. Right, they're a setting. You know, it's it's like uh, they're the walls of the saloon. Yeah, they are. They are no. They are. They <laughs> yeah. are a. Di- they are a disaster. You know, it's like they're. They are mindless. They are. They are in 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 a sense a force of nature, whether it's man-made or not. And they are the look backdrop
2: at, of the apocalypse.
0: Right, and then but then in stuff like The Last of Us and fucking uh, Dawn of the Dead, uh, it's like and and even uh the walking dead when the walking dead was good uh it's not about the zombies it's about the the real villains are the other people the people who use the backdrop of a zombie apocalypse as an excuse to descend into sadism and cruelty right. and selfishness and and stuff like that so it's like zombies make a really good backdrop but as interesting villains they're not they're and i not i, much I
1: think that's why things like vampirism or uh outbreaks in general are a little more interesting because you still have that concept of things that spread infections stuff like that that are legitimately horrifying but at the same time you don't lose that human humanization right that you get in you know movies of that genre yeah
0: yeah, that's my hot It's, take. it's the human stories. Yeah. yeah. They, they both,
2: yeah, they, they come out of a similar thing. I mean, like, zombie, or sorry, vampire lore is, you know, largely built on, Ooh. like, Vlad the Impaler oh. and innumerable genocides, um, and, uh, of, uh, Wallachia, I think was the name of the nation. And Yeah, then, what is um, now
0: Transylvania. Yeah.
2: And again, like, zombie work is largely about genocide as well, like, and it's about, you know, like, about the act of killing, you know, but killing another that you can feel morally right about killing but uh, things we've already been over which again yeah is, is well it's so funny ideas. because
1: originally zombies it was all about like voodoo magic and yeah, you know zombie, reanimating one yeah, from the dead is, um, whereas with the romero movies it became about reanimating the masses from the dead right. rather than Reanimating one, it's about reanimating the many, mm-hmm. and I think that's part of the reason it dehumanizes it a well, little bit yeah, as well.
2: The original, it's it's Haitian in origin, right? Yeah. And like yeah. it's you, you're essentially reanimating a corpse to to make it your your, your, slave. your hapless slave. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. exactly. And, and there and are is... no
0: films about that, and I think that that's, could be cool. The, that's not true. Uh, they, Ooh, tell exist. me some, man, and are they good? Um, there's there's a lot of like, or several. Like really old black and white, like 30s and 40s era. Sure, but um, modern films. that, yeah, have, that try
1: to I, adapt that premise.
0: I'd be um, curious to
1: see. I don't know the 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 most contemporary ones I know about are like 70s black exploitation zombie Oh Yeah, say, which I'll seems say, incredibly problematic. Yeah.
0: All I'll say is, uh, in a few weeks, we've got Pet Cemetery coming up. Yeah, right? I think that's the closest and I, thing. And I won't. I won't spoil too much else but uh we can we can we can get back into this This, when we talk about pets i will yeah i will say
2: overall though like i'm not that largely offended or bothered by because i think that was the hot take right like it, yeah, it's prob- it's, it's, over,
0: it's, it's over overdone.
2: 10. Yeah, I think it is, but I think I think murder mysteries are overdone too. I think I think there's a lot of stuff like when we we just different things hit our zeitgeist and we go fucking ape for it. And, and zombies maybe, are the latest ones not, we're particularly well, yeah. tired of it for that. Right I now. Think this, but inherently there I are think, good zombie movies. Yeah. There are mostly bad ones, but that goes for just about any genre. So
1: yeah, yeah this this is a take that was spicier like five years ago, but at this point
0: i think it's, I, I think it's yeah it's less of a hot take now because i think that finally the large majority of people are also starting to get tired of yeah. zombies All it's right. fallen out and of the old zeitgeist you know,
1: just for fun i have an idea to end out this uh segment we're gonna say how spicy was this take on a
0: scale so, on what what's our scale uh
1: spiciness like food spiciness And, of course, you have the nuclear option if it's something you think is a nuclear take. But other than that, you can say how spicy you think it was. Two out of five. Two out of five spicy. Uh, Oh, I meant in terms of, like, food. I think this is, like, spicy. you eat two out of five. Okay. Out
2: of five peppers. Oh, I
1: I was going to say, like, pick an analog. Like, this is, like, a, a nice barbecue sauce. Spicy I mean, honestly, take.
0: for for me, I would say I don't consider it that hot of a take. Mostly just because I I strongly mm-hmm. agree with it and yeah. have for a long time. I think it's a so, good conversation point. So for me, I would say uh, on on a scale of spiciness, uh, Tabasco
2: sauce. I think I think it's uh, I think it's a it's a tasty conversational point. I put it on my ribs, but I don't think it's that spicy. Uh, so ain't, I'm saying
0: it, it ain't making me sweat. Yeah,
2: no, it's some mild barbecue sauce.
0: Mild barbecue sauce. There yeah. we go. There we have it, folks. <laughs> Alright, zombies are overdone. A nice mild barbecue sauce. Uh, <laughs> Alright, that'll bring us to the end of this episode. Next week. Uh what what is next week? What even is? Uh next week. Is it happy is... death day again?
1: Yes, it is Excellent. happy death
0: day. Cool. Um no uh, See you later. I believe next week. Oh, okay, so uh we're going back to uh staff picks. Um and uh next week is my pick and we're going to be talking about the uh 1988, I believe, uh Dutch horror film, uh The Vanishing. Cool. I'm uh, extremely excited to see this movie again. It's been a long time. I've only seen it once, but I found it uh, profoundly impactful and disturbing. So cool. I'm uh, I'm very stoked. And neither of you guys have seen this, right? No, no I'm very Vanishing. excited. I've heard very good things. All right. Well, uh, yeah, tune back in next week for The Vanishing. Uh, if you like the show and want to support us, hit those five stars on Apple Podcasts, leave us a nice little review, or wherever else you listen to this show. Uh, help us climb up in the numbers follow us on on Twitter at uh pod people pod uh send us more hot takes uh i tweeted out yesterday uh asking for some so hopefully we'll uh we'll get we'll get some soon rolling in and uh if you have a spicy enough take you might hear us talk about yeah it give us show. some of
1: those pepper x takes yeah
0: get it in there um you can follow us on Letterboxd uh, at letterboxd.com slash podpeoplepod. See our um, our average ratings and links to the episodes and uh, all that good shit. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Mr. Van Awesome. Maybe.
1: I'm at Mr. Sheets. Uh, send me your spicy takes. I'm tweeting for Light Arc Studios. You know,
2: send semi, me regularly now. Uh, I mean, for me, that's like maybe twice a week. But, you know, that's... That's something. Something. Um, uh, and then uh, you can find my work on ArtStation. And, uh, yeah, and hopefully in the next couple of weeks, you'll find a lot more of it because there's some some things. Uh, there's some other things, the projects that I'm working on aside from It Stairs Back that are going to be – I can start talking about soon enough, which will be fun. Um,
0: Yeehaw!
2: Yup. <laughs> Check them up. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, yeah. Um, uh, but – primarily uh yeah get get some my for its stairs back look at some cool spooky artwork and uh yeah um that's that's everything from me
0: all right well thank you as always for listening we are the Indeed. pod people uh and until next time start this episode over
2: what's going on where
0: are we